two, three, four, five. <laughs> Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. Got you. I held it together for the countdown, but you got me after Barely. that. Barely. <laughs> anyway, we are on episode 42, uh, which I believe is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Um, it is. Quoting oh, man, from, it is. Yeah, quoting from, uh, it's uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Correct. I've never actually seen the movie or read the book, but I do know all the references. Yeah, it's it's one of those like nerdy classics that I've never got around to actually um, watching and or reading. Yeah, it's a very weird one. Like I have not read the book. My, I know my dad has, um, but I've seen the film quite a few times, and it's just weird. Yeah, <laughs> I I've from people I've talked to who saw the movie first and then read the book. We're already onto this topic, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I've heard is that it, the like the movie is very confusing and off the wall and weird, and then when you read the book, you like, oh, that's what they were on about. I think it's it's very much your kind of humor. A lot of the stuff, it's like um, taking something mundane and making it and, ridiculous. And, and, yeah, um, it's kind of like I said, it's, it's like a. a, di- a di- <sighs> It's like a Dungeons and Dragons DM mm. who has lots of ideas but doesn't know how to finish an idea. Ah. Uh. They're really, really fucking creative. And it just goes from one thing to another to another. Cre- uh, creative but a bit ADD. Yeah. And Stephen Fry voices some of it. Oh, we always yeah. love to see the Fry. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway topics you that, that was very that's good because that was a very amusing lead-in because from what you've yes, told me you have a very that's gonna be yeah a quite bottle. different um and yeah it's nice that you brought up the whole 42 thing because it's gonna be a philosophical one i feel like mildly okay um so we all have i'm gonna okay do some foreplay into this we all have those weeks where just everything goes wrong for you, right? Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be things that are particularly like life-changingly bad. It could just be things that just kick you in the balls. Yeah. I mean, um, perfectly mundane things can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't affect you in the long run. They're just unpleasant at the time. And it does lead to you kind of um, maybe uh, doubting yourself or feeling like you can't achieve something um kind of like uh fears or like irrational fears in some cases yeah um and yeah kind of what i was wanted to discuss really was um some of the the more unusual types of um i, I don't like using the word fears because it's kind of it has so many different connotations. Like, I'm not talking about the kind of fear where it's like, I'm afraid of spiders or I'm afraid of heights. I think those fears are well-founded and pretty much everyone has them. I mean, maybe not the spiders thing, but like heights. Yeah, death, heights. That yeah. Thing. Um, but no, I was just thinking the other day about like, um, kind of social fears. Um, mm. And I know there's a big differentiation between uh, speaking out in England and speaking out in America, for example, 
I know you guys are a lot more comfortable with it, and it's it's strange that I, I wonder what brought about the American openness. Mm. Um, so like that that kind of thing, and also just the the idea that even though you might be doing great at something, you might be top of the class in something, but you're still kind of terrified of failing. God, you've, um, so that just with that lead-in, like, there is so much I want to talk, like, I kept, like, in my, I wish I had written half of that, that stuff down, because every time you brought up something new, I was like, oh, I could talk for, like, an hour about this. <laughs> That's why I'm like, it's gonna be a dark topic. So I, I gave kind of a lot of pre-warning on this one. I yeah. didn't tell them what it was, well, it's but I was like, yeah. I'm kind of glad that I, I let in with something very jolly for this morning. Um... So let's let's to to start with. I think that like um, so you're 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 thinking of more like not not rational fears like I'm you know I'm afraid of a wild animal or I'm afraid of a you know falling and you know breaking my neck or something like that, but more like irrational fears like things that paralyze you and stop you from doing something. Yeah, kind of a bit of both. Like I mean, um, so. The topics that we, I bring about on this podcast tend to be things that I have been thinking about, maybe I felt, mm. like, things I want to bring up and talk about, because I have first-hand experience. I don't, I don't really like talking about things that I don't know anything about. Yeah. Um, so I, I know, personally, I'm always thinking about I need to get uh, a level of experience where I can uh, be self-sufficient mm. and also sufficient to people around me that I want to take care of, look after. Um, so yeah. it's very important to me that I, uh, you know, like get a proper job and I'm in the right, I'm, I'm working all the time, that kind of thing. Maybe a sexist thing to say, but it is a very uh, manly mindset. Like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean, but no, I, I I say that like, but I don't I don't and I don't mean that in any sort of like that's exactly the mindset that I've had for most of my adult life, even like most of my teenage years. It was like you know I need to get a job, I need to make sure that my parents aren't like you know constantly yeah. challenged supporting me because I mean I've talked about it before. Like my my they did a lot to bring you up and yeah, yeah. exactly, and so I just. I, so I think that, that that's a perfectly rational and reasonable concern. And I think, not even in a dark way, I think that that's a, that's a good concern for people to have. Like, if you're... The, 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 like, that's, that's a sort of fear... It's a responsible thing for people to fear. Yeah. But at the same time, it does drag people down. That's why I'm putting it under the category of... Yeah, it, it, it drags people down. So I think the, the, the balance has to be struck between, like, letting that fear exist and having it motivate you, but not letting it paralyze you. That, that's, that's always been, like, my thing. Because you, it, it's, there, there, I think, I can't remember where I read this. It was in some, some book, like, uh. Read so much ancient history <laughs> crap now that I've just like forgotten where it all came from. Um, yeah. But and, and it's something that's been repeated in a lot of like books and movies and stuff. It's just like only only a fool has no fear. Like only an absolute idiot has no fear. The 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 challenge is, you know, 
having that fear, learning from it, but not letting it impede you in any meaningful way. Yeah, it's uh, a defense. Like if we <laughs> if we had no fear, we would all be dead. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and just going back to something you said very quickly earlier, there was something I heard earlier this week, which I thought resonated quite strongly. I think you've got to make a very clear distinction between toxic masculinity mm. and masculinity. Well, that's the thing. There's yeah, exactly. And I think the, the line I was the really good example of it. There's a difference between, um, you know. And hopefully YouTube doesn't get too angry about this, between, like, you know, defending your friends and family from someone who is violent against them and beating your wife. Like, one of those falls under that toxic masculinity category, obviously, the yeah. second one. Like, you don't, you know, like, it's somebody who, who you love and is close to you. You don't, like, abuse that person. Obviously. Um, and then the other, the other side, like... It's it, it annoys me when people say things like violence is always a bad thing. Violence is not always a bad thing. Like, there, there are good times when violence is necessary. Like, especially when someone bad is being violent against you and your loved ones. Yeah. That is, that in that case, if you use violence against that person who is being violent to you, you are 100% in the right to do that. I... This is a point of contention that we've always had, and we 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 do we're not like you're hundred percent left. I'm hundred percent right. Mm. Um, it's more like I agree that violence is necessary, but only when all other avenues have been checked off. Kind of thing. If you cannot reason with the person, yeah. If you cannot, like, even just I don't know, bribe them to fuck off. <laughs> like. No one wants it to turn out physically, but if that's the last case scenario where you're like saving yourself or someone you know from a terrible fate, then yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I'm I mostly agree with that. I, I feel like you shouldn't go that far down, like to the point where you're bribing them to fuck off. Because if you bribe them to fuck off, they're going to come back again and look for more money. That's that's well, what killed the Roman Empire off a little bit, and then. You know, tell the authorities so that it doesn't happen. Yeah, that is a whole other can of worms. It is, it is. But it, we're we're mostly aligned on that point. I just feel like it's merited sooner than you do. Um, but again, that's that's you know a point of philosophical contention. But like, but that that's kind of where I, where I was going down is um, God. How did we get here from fear? Oh. <laughs> We went through like three different really deep categories in the space of about a minute. Yeah, um, I, I don't even remember how we got here. So but... I, I, I split us off onto masculinity versus toxic masculinity. That's what it was. That, yeah, it was um, something. Yeah, we so, were talking about um, work. Life, oh yeah, conflict. yeah. That that's what it was. It was it was fear about uh, you know failure basically. Yeah, feel fear about failure, and I've always. I don't know. I've always had a very strong mindset of. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a less uh, less uh, non PC way to say this, but okay. you only use euphemism. Well, it, it was a euphemism, but it was quite bad. <laughs> that that was my problem. Um, no, I've always had like 
put it in blunt terms, like a, a voice in the back of my head that's basically just gone like, no, you're not good enough. You, you haven't achieved enough. You haven't like gone far enough. And that motivation has been like just part of what has pushed me to, you know, where I am. So it's like, like, yes, I could probably, um, like my job is stressful. I could quit and get like maybe a less stressful one that was a little bit less intense. But part of the reason I stay is like, I, there's a lot of potential in this one. Yes, it's stressful. Yes, I lose sleep. Yes, I'm stressed out of my mind half the time, but there's potential in it. And I'm like, I don't see a faster avenue to achieve. And like, yeah, the, the lockdown happened and I, I suddenly had extra time. I could have sat around and played video games. I did for a month. And, but I was like, no, it's like, I need to do something. And so, you yeah. know, I talked to you and we started this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I think, yeah, this was something we've planned for a very long time, and it's kind of just like filling a, I don't know, a vacancy that we, we've always wanted. It's one of the bucket list things, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> and um, why wait till you're dying to do a bucket list item? Do it now. Exactly. Um, and, that's it. okay, so I was in a, uh, like, a, I was doing a presentation the other day. Yeah. Well, no, no, sorry, I was watching... It was before that. It was actually someone else's presentation. And it got to the part where I was like, okay, ask questions. And we were typing in chat, like, our questions. Yeah. And I put a question in the chat. And immediately later, I was like, thought, I shouldn't have asked that. That's a dumb question. Why did I ask that? It's so stupid. Mm. And then, because there was, like, a delay where we were going through all the questions, it took, like, five minutes for it to get to my question. And then the guy just asked the question, and people answered it. And I was like, throughout that whole time, I knew that I was being stupid. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a question. What, what they're not going to jump down my throat about asking a question. And it wasn't even a bad question. But the anxiety of not knowing the outcome, like, yeah. fucks me over. I'm, the moment something's happened and done, I feel nothing. I'm free spirit. But I am terrible thinking when something's going to happen even though I know nothing bad will happen it makes me feel so messed up inside um, yeah. that's I mean that that's that I, I actually share the exact same kind of like I will fret and like mess around and like do whatever before a presentation but the moment I'm actually giving a presentation or like what have you for for work or school I am completely calm and completely good and once it's over i feel great but it's it's just it's the the hours before that always fuck with my head so it's it's really strange um I, like ever since i was little every time uh, i i never used like car journeys i still don't to be honest <laughs> um, but whenever we were going from my home at the time to my grandparents that's like a two-hour journey yeah which i mean for america it's like a walk down the street yeah, t t two hours is how long it takes to uh, drive up to my cousin's place. Yeah, but um, it yeah, would make me... Uh, I'd get headaches and nausea before we even left the house, just because I knew we were going on that journey. Mm. And it was just a car journey, and I felt stupid every time, because I'm like, alright, calm the fuck down, me. You're being stupid. It's a car journey. It's two hours. Then you're out. But it would still make that the pre thing of the journey would make me feel horrible, and then the journey itself would be horrible because of that. 
And there's this horrible loop. Yeah, because you get the loop. You you feel bad, and then you feel bad for feeling bad. Yeah. That was... So I don't... Just thinking about... Because that, that falls into the category of, like, kind of an irrational uh, fear. We've, we've talked about, yeah. like, fairly rational ones. Um, I never had that with cars. Like, because my family is scattered all over the U.S. Um, like Very I got, sick car journeys. Yeah. So we actually had, like, multi-day car journeys. <laughs> Yeah, when we were going out to visit, because when I was when I was younger, we couldn't really afford to fly, so we um, we drove out to Iowa to see my mom's family, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was like it was a two day drive through like five or six states, um, so I was I was fine with that, and um, even the couple times we flew, I was I was fine. But the 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 weird irrational fear that I have that kind of jumps out to me um, is climb is climbing down, like. Oh yeah. So I like I always loved climbing. Like I'd you know climb up ladders. I I did gymnastics when I was a kid. Um, I loved climbing. It was hard to climb down for sure. Well, the thing is, I I would like get frozen. Like I I was basically the cat stuck in a tree. Like I would yeah. I would climb way up and then I'd just be like, oh fuck, what now? The car you stuck in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> that really was how it would would end up. Um, and it got to the point where I was more comfortable jumping down than I was climbing down. So yeah. there, there was there was times where I'd like you know, like I'd fuck up my ankle because I'd get up like really high in a tree and I couldn't climb down, so I'd just leap. And you, you have more control if you're jumping. You, you're in control. You're not like scraping up against the bark of a tree. Nothing could break. Yeah, that's that's maybe a rational basis for it. I, Maybe something that's why I you didn't like started like not liking jump scares because it's kind of it, it's the same kind of thing where if you're like climbing down a tree and something breaks, that scares the shit out of you. Whereas if you just jumped, you know what's going to happen. You know what? That is, it's a weird comparison, but no, it but makes... it but it makes sense because I'm thinking about like um, this is going to seem like a non sequitur. But the one Bioshock game that I played through to the end was Bioshock Infinity. And it, mostly it's a, like, rip-roaring adventure where you're going around shooting things and there's one horror level. And there was a bit in it that, like, I, w I was stealthing through most of it. You're supposed to stealth through most of it. But that, that level, that creepy level. It'll be the, the Sky City one. No, I'm talking about... That, that's the Sky City, yeah, the game. But yeah, there's, I, there's, I think I've played a bit of that one. There's there's one horror level near the end, and oh. it like it was a serious non sequitur, and it fucked with me because I wanted to beat the game because I was playing it up to that point and I loved it, but I got to that one point and there was this, I I managed to deal with it for the most part and I got to this one level. It was a long hallway, there were a lot of pillars in it, like things could jump out, and. I was stealthing for the most part, and then an empty wheelchair just creepily rolled out from behind a pillar, and in my head I was just like, nope, fuck this, and I sprinted yeah. down the hallway, no stealth at all, firing my revolver so I didn't hear any creepy noises. Like, that, that, my in-game revolver, I don't have one in real life yet. Yeah. <laughs> you just run down the hall of his house, firing <laughs> off the fucking gun. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, no, so I but but that's but that that's why I thought of that when you were talking about uh why I didn't like jump stairs, why I didn't like climbing down. You're right. It was suddenly that put me back in control. Like yeah. I was saying, fuck it, I'm not stealthing, something isn't gonna jump out at me. I am sprinting down this hallway and I, I am making now. the noise. It's me. Because yeah. I fucking I'm I'm going down like an idiot with a gun. Yeah. 
so maybe that's maybe there's something to that i mean don't take any anyone out there don't take this as psychological advice but but <laughs> to me at least what you just said there is more rational than anything i've been able to like think about for why i have that kind of fear or that kind maybe of anxiety you like um, some indoor rock climbing that you're climbing down the walls and maybe that'll help that's the thing i used to do rock climbing a lot too that's why i got the the grip strength to crush eggs yeah, but normally you have, like, you rappel down. You don't normally climb down. Th that's my point, yeah. I climb up, but it's the same thing, yeah, with, with rock climbing. If you're bouldering... <laughs> yeah, if you're bouldering, you jump down. If you're rock climbing, you rappel down. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, man, I've been rock climbing in a while. I want to do that. That's on my bucket list of things that I want to do once this fucking quarantine finally ends is um, go rock climbing again and go to a casino. Man, when you're down here, we need to go rock climbing then, I think. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think... You know, I, I have, like, affiliations with someone who does a lot of rock climbing. I do. Now. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, well that, no, 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 no. I mean, now... I didn't mean now as in this moment. I mean, now as in you showed me oh, okay, the... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, maybe we can go down there and they can take us to the, the local climbing wall. All right, everyone, you now know Blue and My Vacation Plans. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I love rock climbing. Um, and in, in case I don't, I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod. No, it would have it would have been after last week's podcast. The whole crushing eggs thing. Um, oh, God, that was so fun. I don't know if anyone has um has heard this rumor as well, but there there's like a an idea that it's difficult to like you can't like with your bare hand. It's extremely difficult to like smash an egg. Like if you put it in the palm of your hand and just squeeze. Um, so one of our, our friends, uh, Scott was showing me a video of people who like these big strong men who were, you know, crushing eggs over a bucket. And I was like, bullshit, that's going to be easy. And he, he didn't believe me. So I set up my tablet next to my, my kitchen and I took an egg out and I, I crushed it. What I wasn't, wait, wait, wait. you had your hand like over a frying pan, right? So yeah. ready to catch it and but because the way you held it. The yep. egg was like pointing out of like the the hole in your fist that you make when you clench your fist. Yep. Yep. All right. You, can, you guys can kind of see where this is going. Let's say again. No, I said you guys at home can probably see where this is going. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jonathan, it's your story. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I'd like to hear it from your perspective. Okay. So he had it on the webcam. And he was holding it, and it was like two or three seconds where it was like nothing was happening. And I think, I think you might have even said at the time, like, oh, damn, that is pretty... BAM! <laughs> Fires out of the fucking hole in his fist, like a shotgun. Oh and we God. can't even... We can't see what's happening, because it's, like, behind the camera, but Kaiser was like, oh, shit. It coated my fridge in egg yolk. Yeah, we okay. saw a picture, like, marking itself all over a bunch of pictures and shit. Oh my god, like, yeah, a, a couple years worth of, like, uh, Christmas cards and pictures that friends had sent me, and it's just completely covered in egg yolk. It took me quite a while to clean, and actually, the, the Sunday after that, um, when I was cooking breakfast, um, I, I turned on my stove light, and yeah. I noticed that it had actually gotten on the tile behind the stove as well, and I didn't see that because the light was off, So I yeah. and it had dried, so the next morning I had Whoa. to use some, like, wipes to scrub it clean on uh, the bright side at least you didn't have to clean the pan 
That's true. There was only, like, eggshells and a tiny bit of egg in the pan. <laughs> Most of it went in my fridge. <laughs> uh, but yes. Um, uh. But that being said, I mean, like, the like I, I also... I have, like, fairly good grip strength. Like, this... this I'm, You guys can't see this because it's on camera. But I've got these, like, uh, you know, grip uh, squeezy things. Um... This right now is set to 40 kilograms. And it's, like, pretty easy for me. But, again, rock climbing. Yeah. I've also been told I climb, uh, I do rock climbing completely wrong. Because I climb like a monkey. Like, you're supposed to use your feet to push you up. Like, you're supposed to use your hands to secure yourself and use your feet. I barely use my feet at all and just kind of, like, monkey up with my arms. Oh, yeah. Highly debate that point because I mean, you, uh, one cardinal sin that you're not allowed to do is you're not allowed to use like your, your elbows or anything, right? Yeah. Uh, or your knees. You meant to, it's meant to be either your feet or your hands. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think for me, the the advantage I get is because I'm a lanky motherfucker, so I can reach all the holds. Yeah. Well, for then... you, yeah, it would probably be the fucking pure strength you have in your arms and legs that allow you to literally just pull yourself up. Yeah, because I'm um, I'm not. If there's a if, if people don't know what we look like, Blue and I are pretty much the polar opposite in terms of physique. Blue is tall and lanky. I'm short and muscular. Like there's a like Lewis and Gimli. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Even oh, our hair color. Even that's... our fucking like faces. Like <laughs> that's true. You're clean shaven for the most part, and I've yeah, I've got like this <laughs> this fine bushy beard. I'm wise, you're... <laughs> a, bit a, a bit of a dumbass. Oh, man. And, you know, even... I, I'm more well-armed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, uh, we gotta recreate some of the scenes from that movie. Just we really <laughs> Never pass that dwarf. Alright, look, look, uh, look forward to that. Some future YouTube video. Blue and I uh, pretending to be Legolas and Gim Gimli. Doing the fucking mama kill fighting. Oh wait, if you you have seen the films, haven't you? It's... Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. It's a song I thought. I we actually I talked about them on the podcast because I was rewatching them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That only counts as one classic line. What, what's the, uh, the 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 other line I really uh, like was, "I never thought I'd die next to a dwarf, or sorry, next to an elf." Yeah. And then he's like, "What about next to a friend?" It's just like. It's just like it's just one of those like good mo just, oh tear tear to the eye. This is this has turned into much more of an uplifting segment than I yeah, think well, that you okay, thought. Okay, so, would be. so the, the way I want to end this segment, which we can still do, is the way that we have found of getting over these kinds of things. Mm. So I'm sure everyone has their own ways of doing it. There are quite a few common ones, like okay, the the classic uh, stress relief, which I think is a very good shorthand way of getting past something mm -hmm. um there's i mean you and me i think we escape into gaming quite a lot to <laughs> which is a really good way i think because it distracts the mind it gives you something else to focus on yeah um and obviously there's friends online another great way of you know, talking to people them. yeah um which so i'm quite good at getting past these things what i'm not good at is then fixing the thing so it doesn't happen again <laughs> Yeah, it, what um, I've—I don't know if did you have more to that, or I was gonna. 
well, the other only other point I was going to make, which I'm trying to trying to get into more, is like working out to relieve stress or fears. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah, a huge that's, thing. That's, like, like, I mean, even even biochemically, like um, like just lifting weights and stuff like that. That's that's a huge stress reliever. Um, like I right literally right behind my like this is where I work as well now because you know working from home. Uh, yeah. But right behind me, um, and I'm gonna, you, you people listening won't be able to see this, but I'm gonna point my camera. I've got yeah. like a weightlifting bench, um, or sorry, a makeshift weightlifting bench right uh, behind my desk. Yeah. So like if I get out of like a stressful meeting or I'm just like finding myself stuck at work, I'll go over there and just lift for a while. Um, and it yeah, does. Between, between like breaks and work, I'll just mm. like think yesterday. I did cumulatively I think, 20 press-ups and 20 sit-ups mm. um, throughout just like every so often on a break I just do an extra 10 or something. Yeah, the the other thing I've found that, that works, because I've thought about the exact same thing that you're you're talking about, like you, it's good to like find ways to relieve stress and to kind of alleviate any sort of you know anxiety, but how do you prevent it from happening in the future? And my thinking is like um, in the same way that you like you practice a form when you're working out like you have to if you're doing squats you keep yourself straight like up and down if like if you're you know lifting weights you make sure that you're you know you keep your back perfectly straight so you don't pull anything um, I, I try to do the same thing for like mental uh, exercises so like if I notice that one sort of thing is always making me anxious or really bothering me, I sort of work myself through like a, a like a mental routine. Um, for instance, um, I occasionally because I have again this this job, I have tons and tons of work. Um, so some days I wake up and I get like log in and I'm like fuck, where do I even start? And some days I would get very little done because that, that would paralyze me. I'm like, fuck, wh which of these high priority things is the highest priority? Which do I start with? And what I've found works the best is when I, I've trained myself now that when I find myself in that situation, I just do anything. I just okay. randomly pick something and start doing it. Doesn't matter if it's like, um, doesn't matter you know, if it's low priority, high priority, I don't even think about that. I push it out of my mind. I'm like, I'm just gonna start doing something. And I find it has like a cascade effect. Like once I start working, I'll finish that task and just move on to the next one and move on to the next one. And I'm more productive that way than I would have been had I tried to worry and think about what the most important thing to do at the time was. It's that... less taking up your headspace, yeah. Exactly. More spent on the actual task. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, no, quite a lot of times, the, the general rule people do is like to start with the hardest and get it out of the way so you can get the easy stuff later on or start with the easiest to warm up and then you'll be ready for the harder stuff. Yeah. Um, personally, if I'm in a good mood, I'll start with the harder stuff. If I'm in a shitty mood, I'll be like, I'll just do some easy stuff and then... It'll warm you up to actually get the hard stuff done, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I can see that. <laughs> Ironically, that's the approach I take to a lot of uh, video games. Yeah, like I'll 
especially like games like so cyberpunk was one thing i replayed very recently um and i <laughs> on my second playthrough i was doing all the shitty side quests first just to get them out of the way and then i saved like i saved the morsels the 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 juicy like fun quests that had a lot of like story and f like interesting bits uh until after i'd finished those so there's an element to that too actually now that i'm thinking about it of some sometimes like you know work and stuff that you have to get done isn't always unpleasant so sometimes it can be a good idea to just like push yourself to finish the more unpleasant things first with the idea that the more pleasant tasks are after that can i yeah do a, like an artificial carrot and stick for your your own mind yeah it's it's like when you start a new piece of work it's like going for a run like you're gonna feel like shit more and more and more and more and up until the end and the moment you finish it there'll be a vast well of relief yeah and that'll feel really good yeah that's that's the mental attitude I have when when running, because I used to do cross country. I don't I don't have the build for cross country, but I did it for quite a while, and I was fairly good at it. And it was all down to just like you you develop sort of a, a mental regiment. It sucks for like the first you know half mile to mile, and then you sort of at least this is what I've found, is I, I'm able to put myself in sort of like a zen state. Like, I'm just not thinking about running anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's it's easier to keep going than to stop at that point. Like, you sort of train your mind to go, like, this is the way things are now. It's one foot in front of the other, and it's... You've got to make it this last bit home. Yeah. I mean, you've got to get home. So... Yeah, that's that's always the problem with a treadmill is like you can just step off at any time. But when you're on a run, like you're a half a mile out now, like it takes it takes at least that long to get back. When I, when I used to do uh, quite a bit of running last year, um, it would literally I, I'd get to I complete a second lap of, of like my neighborhood, and then I'd be like, all right, I'm just gonna get to I'm gonna go past the 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 home yeah and i'm gonna get like just just do an extra half lap because then that's smashing my records mm. and i'll get there and i'm like yeah but i could go a little bit more right a little bit oh but i'm only like you know two streets away from finishing now and then i'll get home i'll be like oh fuck yeah and then i'll be hit with like oh god i can't breathe <laughs> <laughs> you hit a bit of a like, wall oh, shit, i went too far and I'll be in, like, agony for a bit, but I also feel like I've achieved something way more impressive. And that will, is what will get me out the next day to do it again. I'll, I, I actually, that, that reminds me of a story. i got to finish with a... First of all, uh, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say that to end with. But just one, one running story that amuses me and made me think of... Uh, or it, you reminded me of it just now, was... So I, I did normally like my comfortable race is like a five k, like I'm yeah. not I'm not a marathon runner. Um, I just I basically don't have the patience for that. Uh, but I have done a couple ten k's, five um, k just for <laughs> people who don't know five k five kilometer for people who are too American to know. Uh, f that's three point two miles. A ten k is six point four miles. <laughs> um, 
so I, I I was doing a 10k with one of my my friends and, and it was sort of a I don't know if it was a charity thing or whatever but anyway she talked me into doing it yeah. and um it I unfortunately had stayed up um drinking and playing video games the night before and went to bed at like midnight and the 5k was at six in the morning <laughs> so I showed up to the 5k mildly hungover and the first uh sorry 10k 10k the first five kilometers were fucking hell and basically the only reason i kept going was competitiveness i was like no she's not gonna fucking pass me um and also like that mentality of like <laughs> almost kind of self-beating yourself up like fuck you you did this to yourself yeah i'm gonna fucking deal with this exactly yeah, yeah no fuck you this <laughs> this is your own damn fault anyway so but but the weird thing was the second five kilometers like the second half of it like uh, my friend was struggling and i was like in this zen mode at that point i'm like i i'm i'm good i'm doing this like i, I did 5k oh, already so it's, well. it's five yeah like the first five were brutal but the second five i was like i feel great <laughs> and it was because like you've you kind of I think there's there is maybe there's like a mental mechanism like in the human mind that just once you've pushed yourself to achieve a little bit you suddenly feel like well, I can I can achieve a lot of bit. Yeah. You feel almost inspired by how far you've come already and so you don't want to stop. Exactly. Yeah. Um well, I hope that was a bit of a positive twist at the end of that segment. <laughs> I mean honestly this it did start off on kind of a negative note, but I personally feel like that that was a fairly positive uh, overall segment because it was. Yeah. We started off talking about fears and anxieties and things, but really the bulk of our conversation, I think, was how we've overcome them and achieved yeah. despite them. I mean, that's what I always. I wasn't planning on just having like up till the end being like, and this is why I hate myself, and this is why. <laughs> It was more like, because um, again, when when I bring up these topics, um, it's because I want to share what I have found of getting past these barriers, and also hearing other people's opinions on what they do, so that they can improve themselves, or I can improve myself. So, mm. like, generally, no matter how dark the topic is that we bring up, whether it's, um, I don't know political or whatever it's we generally tend to end on a here's a mid ground or here's how we can stop this from going wrong yeah so it's a matter how dark the topic is really well, i think a lot of that comes down to and you know probably <laughs> we're, we're both fairly glass half full kind of people yeah and I, I, I think that I, I think we're more of the we we're we're a knuckle under and keep moving people, but yeah. <laughs> What's well, the same? Yeah, same sort of thing. It's like, um, uh, yeah, I, I won't. Yeah, let's just push through. Yeah, exactly. I won't. Um, yeah, I won't. I won't dwell on this too long. But just to to end off, I I agree. I think um, the the healthier outlook is that. The world isn't perfect. There are bad things in it. People have fears. There's always going to be adversity. It's your own mental acuity, and not just you, but like the people around you. Like surround yourself with people who are going to like 
you know, help you in a bad time, who are going to like inspire you to push on and help yourself. Like, I, I just that that's 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 life, man. Ah, man. All right, God, I could I could ramble on about this forever. Honestly, this segment one we could probably do an entire podcast just on this topic. Um, the fact that we've talked for forty minutes is enough evidence of that. Uh, um, yeah, moving on uh, to the segment two, where well, we're going to be talking about the really positive Les Miserables. <laughs> <laughs> or as I like to sarcastically call it, Less Miserables. Although I really do enjoy the movie version. Oh, yeah. Um, and, well, we'll talk about them. Yeah. Alright, yeah, no more on this. Alright, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMZJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment, and we yet again had a movie night. It was one that I have wanted to do for a while. Blue, I don't believe you had seen the movie before this. Um, I've read all you, of the book. And I didn't know it was a book. I thought it was just a play. <laughs> yep. um, so we watched uh, Les Miserables if you're a frog or Les Miserables if you don't like French. Um, it's kind of a classic. I knew it was a musical and a play beforehand, but I didn't know much about it. I, I saw it when the movie the movie originally came out, the one that has like Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe and everything in it. Which, by the way, it is hilarious to see Wolverine and Russell Crowe sing fighting each other. Um, quite like I I'm not a big theatrical or musical person. I generally just am indifferent. There are a few that have kind of struck a chord with me. Like, we we talked about Sweeney Todd before. That was another movie night yeah. choice of mine. I really like those. Disney film. The Disney movie musicals, obviously very good. But I never really thought of them as musicals. I thought of them just as Disney movies. So, I, I can't... I actually remember um, one of my friends pointing out to me that they were musicals. And I was like, what? It, that, yeah. Like, I it was confused by that interpretation. But, regardless great musical great movie um yep. i'll yeah okay I'll, I'll run through a, a quick plot synopsis for those that don't know um it's set in 1800s france um very authoritarian kind of state after the french revolution um went through they then went back to a monarchy put another king back on the french throne for historical context um, a man who was, I guess he stole bread and then ran away. He gets incarcerated and is, you know, forced to work. But he stole bread because his, um, I can't remember if it was, I think it was his daughter? No, I think, it was, I think it was his sister and his sister's daughter or something like that. It was, it was a family yeah. member and, like, a niece or something like that. Yeah, and he stole bread for them. And then he got five years for that, five years hard labor, and then he tried to escape, and they gave him another 15 years after that. The, um, no, 24601. Sorry, I'm, there's going to be a little bit of singing in this, because I just, I fucking love the songs in that movie. Um, he finally gets out after 20 years of hard labor and is released, but because he, had, he was in prison for that long, he has to carry papers around with him that show that he's... He's an ex-convict, and no one will give him work, and 
eventually yeah. like uh, a monastery takes him in and this preacher or this priest is very very kind to him and then he robs him because he's fucking desperate he gets caught and then the priest is like oh no i, g I gave him these things like you know it's fine and then he the the priest says um to this guy jean valjean that you know keep these things but you need to use this silver these things that you've taken to become an honest man and he he does turn his life around he becomes a mayor and the head of a factory he takes on a new persona um in in the uh, the lead, that part because mm -hmm. that's basically the only part i got up to in the book because it took about 10 hours yeah um he's a real asshole i mean like he, he robbed a priest that was giving him charity so he there's like a boy on the road that he meets and he like scams him out of his money that he needs for his food oh or something yeah um I th and that was like after he ran away with the silver so he got caught he came back the the priest forgave him and then mm. he was out on the road doing his own thing and that's when he was like an asshole to the boy. But then he felt like a little bit of remorse, I think. Mm. Um, so he has God. a bit more of an arc in the book, it sounds like. Yeah, like, but but they also go into a lot more detail. On, he was just trying to... Um, he had money, I think, at one point, And he was trying to get a, a room for the night. And he was like kicked out on the street and people were throwing rocks at him. That does happen in the movie, too. But it's kind of in a montage. Yeah. Um... But that happens like so many times, uh, and the the maids that live with the priest they really hate him. Yeah, they think he shouldn't be there. They kind of show that in the uh, in the movie too, because when he's like he's like the priest is saying grace over the meal, and he's just like chowing down, and the 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 maids are looking at him like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" Like, well, he's, they, he's, they he's dirty. Yeah. But the priest is actually really kind, and I actually do want to, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to sing the first part of it. Like, the priest finds him, like, in, basically in the gutter, and when the priest, like, finds him there, Jean Valjean, like, immediately, like, is defensive, like, he picks up his stick like he's going to hit the priest, and the priest is just like, um, what the fuck is the opening to that song? Just, Come inside, for you are weary, and the night is cold out there, something like that. Um, and he just basically, it, the priest represents in this thing kind of the Christian ideal, like whatever you, like you, you, you help people who are in need. Um, exactly. And that, that turns his life around. So anyway, so it fast forwards to, uh, the future, uh, where he's now successful, taking on a new identity. We do not mean like 2050. We mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Jean Valjean is on the uh, international space station, and uh, he's in cyberpunk. No, so he he's running a factory, and he's the mayor of some small French town, and the the mayor. The mayor. Yeah, he's the mayor as well. Uh, shit. Okay. He actually he says it in one of the songs when he's uh, chastising the women working in his factory. He's like, I'm the mayor of this town. I run a business of repute. Um, anyway, so the, the his former bailiff, the guy who oversaw him while he was a prisoner, actually gets assigned to his police detail from Paris. Uh, and that's who Russell Crowe plays in this. 
And he doesn't really recognize, like Jean Valjean is like, oh shit, this guy's going to recognize me. The whole gig is up. I'm going to go back to jail. But Russell Crowe doesn't actually recognize him or uh, Javert, as he's called in the play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was it? Please know me as Javert. Anyway, um, sorry. There's going to be a lot of bad singing in this segment. <laughs> There's, um, they, uh, I, I lost track of my train of thought. But so Javert, but he doesn't quite recognize him because now he's well dressed, he's shaven, he's got a, you know, fancy haircut and a suit and he owns a factory. So he just, it's one of those situations where he's not expecting to see a convict. And so he doesn't see a convict. Um, but he sort of recognizes him. Just so happens that he has to lift a big piece of wood the moment yeah. they fucking meet each other. Yeah, there's a, a wagon that collapses and a guy is trapped underneath it, and um, Valjean uh, like picks it up and moves it, and it triggers a memory with Javert. It's like, oh, I remember seeing you do something like this while you were in forced labor. And um, but he doesn't say anything. He just solicits the government and submits a complaint um anyway bunch of things transpire this woman who's in his in valjean's employ she ends up um getting fired because the other women hate her and the manager of the factory is a douchebag that's i mean pretty much what happens um so she ends up on the streets, but she has a daughter that she has to support, so she ends up becoming a prostitute. Bunch of things transpire, and, um, like, she has a gentleman caller who uh, decides to file a complaint against her because he was being an absolute fucking, frankly, abusive asshole, and she slapped him. And so he files a complaint with the police, which is Javert. Um, Valjean stumbles across his place while giving coins to the poor, like, one night, because, like, the charitable motherfucker that he is. Um, and he notices this altercation happening, and he, um, he takes the, as the mayor, he convinces the police to back off and takes this woman, you know, to a hospital. And, um, it, it's then that she says to him, like, you know, I used to work in your factory, you your foreman like kicked me out like this is why i'm here he feels guilty and he says he's going to take care of her daughter so he takes her to the hospital she dies in the hospital and that's when um javert notices like finally you know puts it together and is confident that no this is the convict that ran away and so they have this big sing-song fight in the hospital which i just absolutely love because it's it's fucking wolverine and Russell Crowe sing fighting each other in a hospital, and it just. I... There's a lot of details that I would have loved to see played out, but obviously they were very pressed for time, so they skipped over a lot of things. Yeah, they 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 fast forwarded through some of the side plots. I I, I see that like in the movie. Yeah, like how, how the fuck did he ever find the daughter? Yeah, yeah, or or how long has it been between when she got fired and when he finds her as a prostitute, like. But yeah, I just Valjean. At last, we see each other plain, Monsieur Le Maire. You wear a different chain. I just, I, I don't know. I love that scene so much. Anyway, but Valjean actually ends up managing to get away, 
uh, from the police officer. And then, you know, he basically squirrels away. He has, like, cash and stuff squirreled away. And so he takes all that, goes and finds the girl at a hilarious duo uh, who run an inn that is basically just a giant scam. Before that, there was the uh, accusation that they had found. Oh, yeah, you're right. I skipped over that. Um, they they basically, he, he looks like he's going to be innocent, like found innocent, and his identity is secure. But it's because they found a homeless bum that kind of looked like him, and they were going to call him um, Jean Valjean just to like close the case. But he feels too guilty and tormented, um, and he essentially goes like, no, I can't let another man like suffer in my place. And he goes to the courtroom and announces who he is, which is how... Well, think, like, he has the whole... Before he goes there, he's like, if I um, say nothing, I'm damned because I'm mm -hmm. letting someone else take my lumps. If I keep... If I, uh, what's the word? It, it, so he, he goes like um, he goes like you know if I confess I am damned but if I say nothing I am damned uh, no so one, one was like moral damnation yeah and the other was like damnation through the law which also damned all of the people who worked for him which was he said like thousands of people yeah it's like, yeah it's, it's not thousands he says hundreds but yeah it's like He's like, I'm the master of hundreds of workers. You know. Yeah, like, he fucks all of them and they just skip over. <laughs> I, I do find that, like... So, this is something that doesn't make sense from a secular standpoint. It only makes sense from a religious standpoint. Like, from a secular standpoint, if you, if you don't believe in any sort of, like, karma or, like, universal moral good, then... Yes, what he did there was reprehensible because he essentially fucked over all of the people who worked for him, the town, because he was the mayor. Like, all of those people are screwed because he decided to turn himself in. But he was operating from uh, what would be, like, you know, a, a religious kind of absolute morality. So he... If he didn't turn himself in, it was, it was an evil deed. Like it, he couldn't. He couldn't morally justify it to himself that. Yeah, I think it was kind of selfish. Yeah, you're. I, I can see what you're saying. He's sort of clearing his own moral conscience and his own karmatic kind of slate in order. But but in so doing, he actually caused more harm. It's one of those things that it makes sense in like the Abrahamic like moral traditions but it doesn't make sense in the asiatic like the buddhist kind of moral traditions because a lot of because what he did what he did was karmatically bad like he he essentially caused more suffering by clearing his own conscience so from a buddhist perspective that's actually a very negative thing and honestly from a secular perspective it's also a bad thing because he fucked over a lot of people to clear his own guilt but how many fucking more prostitutes would there have been that night than the one that he saved? That's the thing, yeah. So it's it's one of those things, it's... If you really dig down and analyze it and think about it, what he did probably was a bad thing. Like, from almost every perspective. Yeah. He could have helped... Oh, and also... Sorry. 
no, I'm just I was gonna say you're you're right. He could have helped a lot more people had he let that bum go to jail and just kept being the mayor and did charity and all this other fun stuff. From your your favorite scene, the hospital fight. Yeah. And Javert tells him, I think it's this scene, tells mm. him that he also had humble beginnings and was a criminal. Yeah. And they just never took that anywhere. Well, they they sort of did. That That's part of his character development, I think. And I'll get to, what was the line? It was, he's like, I was born with scum like you. I am from the gutter too. But yeah, yeah. he starts with, I was born inside a jail. Um, yeah, like next to scum. Yeah, yeah. So it it was. So I'll I'll keep I'll keep going with this. But I think I had this argument actually with a, a friend of mine who's fairly artsy, and um, thought Javert was just a a flat evil character. And I I think that like, okay. I think that that line actually does a lot to explain why he like Javert is a character who sees the world in black and white. Like, yeah. it's either right or wrong. There's no gray area whatsoever. It's either you're a criminal or you're an upstanding citizen. And I think his upbringing has a lot to do with that. That he essentially had to overcome being born in the gutter. And he, it was through this mental acuity that he rose to the station that he has now. Um, and he did it through that, that sharp moral focus. And I think that's what leads to his downfall near the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um so yeah to keep going with the uh the the movie so javert no not javert um jean valjean these fucking french names uh they he goes to the inn and he finds the daughter essentially being treated like trash by the the family who were you know charged with keeping her while the mother was off working and paying her way um and he they're, they're basically scam artists. It's a very funny scene, but I'm not going to dwell on it because it doesn't have any plot relevance. Already 17 minutes in. Yeah. God. Well, we normally when we do these, I give the synopsis and then we discuss, but we've kind of been discussing as we go, so that yeah. the, the time really doesn't um, yeah. matter too I mean, much. In fact, we're only a quarter of the way through the movie. Well, it, it goes yeah. a little... That's true. I haven't even talked about some of the new characters. Anyway, he, he gets the daughter... Um, he doesn't get scammed by the scam artists, and he basically becomes her surrogate father. Yeah, um, he runs into Javert again. No, wait, he just avoids Javert. Just barely. Yeah, and like some um, like cemetery keeper or like basically a janitor, like helps him get away. And it turns out that, that janitor was the guy he saved by lifting up the wagon. And so no, 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 no it was the same guy. Cemetery Keeper was the the person who was on trial for everyone thought they were him. I, I'm I'm ninety percent sure he was the the guy under the wagon. I'm ninety one percent sure he was the one on trial. All right, fuck off. After this, well, whatever whoever it was, you know, you in the audience can go watch for yourself. But after this, we will watch it again. That scene in particular, and we will find out who he was. I won't dwell on it. As like you said, we're already eighteen minutes in. Um, Anyway, so fast forward again another several years. Um, he's sort of living a humble, quiet life in the city, kind of, again, hiding in plain sight, um, not being too crazy. But he's considering, he's continuing his charitable works. Um, uh, Jean Valjean, that is. And, you know, the, his surrogate daughter's grown up. She's like a, 
I don't know how old she's supposed to be, like 17, it's 18. The, uh, the oh, well, I'm getting to that. But I'm just oh, okay. I'm saying where they are. So you also get a parallel storyline of a bunch of young revolutionaries. Um, you know, the sons of middle to upper class kids who are just like, you know, they, they, they feel the plight of the poor and they want to help them. Um, they essentially are banking on one French general who is like a hero of the people and they're planning on staging a revolution against the monarchy the moment he dies or something like that. And one of those guys, uh, who's again, the son of a nobleman who's basically LARPing as a man of the people. Um, cause I, I know he's supposed to be some kind of an inspirational figure, but I have no fucking sympathy for, you know, rich kids that like to play at being revolutionaries. The guy that was leading the revolution. What was that? Are you talking about the guy that was leading the revolution? Yeah, him. I thought he was a very much, very, very similar to you. <laughs> really? That guy was Just a fucking... Maybe that's the way he looked. He looked very much like he looked in college. That's true. Okay. Facial appearance, yeah. He, he, from a bitch. <laughs> he, kind of, he kind of looks like me when I was in my 20s. But... His entire, like, social and political outlook could not be more different than mine if he tried. Yeah, okay. The, the thing that he was fighting for, yeah, but the methods he went about doing it were very similar. Yeah. And <laughs> he was a bit of a... Is, is it a humble brag if I say that he was a bit of a ladies' man? Maybe that's the, uh, the similarity? <laughs> um, no, but his whole, like social imp actually you know what maybe i thought I th i'm pretty sure i i probably thought like him when i was in college um i've grown up as it were <laughs> um if not grown upward i'm still just well, as fucking short uh, so anyway so him and his revolutionary buddies are planning uh to stage some kind of a coup against the monarchy uh using barricades when the actual uh th this general it's a hero of the people dies um, he, while walking down the street, spots the surrogate daughter of Jean Valjean, um, the girl who is the daughter of the prostitute lady. Um, is it is it unfair to call her a prostitute? Because that wasn't a, her profession of choice. Wait, hang on. Are we talking about are we talking about the 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 kid that lives or the kid that was leading the revolution? I'm talking about the kid who lives. Oh, okay, I was not talking about the kid who lives. I was talking about the kid who leads the revolution. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. In that case, yeah, no, that 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 kid is much more like yeah. He looks exactly like I did as a child. <laughs> he literally looks identical to how I did when I was like five years old. Okay, yeah, no, you're nothing like the 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 kid that lives. That that's why I was confused. I was like, that doesn't really seem like a good comparison. But you're right. I wouldn't even say he's like me, even though we're quite opposite. He's not. He's just. I, I, mm, he's a bit of a pansy. He is. Uh, I don't. I mean, also, we'll we'll get on to this, but his choice of like um, woman is a completely off, in my opinion. Okay. Um. Anyway, so he spots Jean Valjean's adopted daughter uh, in the street while they're doing charity, and he just falls in love at first sight and um yeah he um 
he, he and so does she, which is so, stupid. Yeah, so does she. That's right. Uh, but again, she's lived a very sheltered life. Maybe just like the first guy that showed interest in her was hot. Who knows? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, it's plot convenience. Uh, so they 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 fall in love, but they don't, haven't actually talked yet. Um, so he talks to his friend, who is the daughter of the scammer innkeeper folks from earlier in the movie. And she's now grown and his friend. And she has... She's desperately in love with this guy but he doesn't even know she exists and to drive home the nail in her chest even further uh he asks her to find out who the daughter of jean valjean is so that he can confess to her and um there's this whole side plot about this this daughter of the innkeeper and his wife being very um heartbroken that she has to do this and she can't really confess to him anything like that personally and I said this after the movie. That that girl, the innkeeper's wife, daughter, that would have been my choice. Yeah. She was I mean she, like she was she was attracted attractive, but on top of that, she was also she'd been his confidant and his friend for that long. Yeah, she was smart, she was loyal, she wasn't like her parents at all, which I didn't expect. I thought she was gonna like do some betrayal shit, but yeah. no, she seems completely detached from them. Um and, but yeah, instead he, he went for the, the, the princess locked in the tower. Yeah. Which I... Yeah, I, think I think that that guy... Like it, that's it one of the like things he. that cemented him as a just like a nobleman prick in my mind. Because like he he was just LARPing at revolution. Like, he, like the first time we see him as well he's just like, were they sleeping together? Like casually? No, I think that was his one-bedroom apartment. I don't think they were sleeping together. But who knows? They're French. <laughs> I guess. Um, I, but, I, yeah, my, my point is I have no idea. I don't think so. Maybe they were in the novel, um, but in the movie, it, it doesn't seem to be implied that they were. Anyway, they do the revolution. Um, Javert is set to try and figure out what's going on. Um, he, uh, oh god, what was it? Jean Valjean discovers that this young man is in love with his daughter, and his daughter's in love with him, and goes to the barricade to try and save the young man, and finds Javert tied up and gagged because he fucked up his infiltration, and shows him mercy. And also, at the same time, saves the young man who got shot. Now, and then Javert, like, catches him again after he was let go and tries to arrest him and then just, in the end, lets him go because he's had that, this is what I'm talking about when it, when it set up his downfall, his moral outlook on the world where it's all black and white is shattered by the fact that this man he's pursued for ages who he thought was a dangerous criminal not only saved him, the guy pursuing him, but saved this other person and is saying, I'll turn myself in, just let me get this guy to a hospital. And that whole thing just basically destroys his entire moral outlook and he Javert ends up killing himself in the end. After, like, you can see him in the song at the end struggling with this this moral outlook, like, just... Like, how, how could this man that I've thought is so evil for this long be, be actually a good man? And he just can't deal with it. That's why, like, 
this was the argument I had with one of my friends was I think Javert is a very tragic character. Like, I think the the, the moral complex, like he's one of my favorite characters in the movie. He's not a bad person. He just, he has a, a, a very rigid outlook on life. And when that's broken, it breaks him. Yeah, he is his job. It's his whole identity. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and then when he fails at his job, he fails himself, and he can't look himself in the eye anymore. Yeah, he just can't deal with it. It breaks him. Um, that was really sad, because I was... Yeah, me too. I fucking loved his character. Um, mm. And it was such a shitty way to go out. It was. But again, that's why I call it... Like, he's he's a tragic character, and I, I loved his arc. Like, it, it's a sad end, but I loved his character arc. Um, anyway, wrap up the movie. Um, the kid recovers. He ends up marrying Jean Valjean's uh, daughter. And Jean Valjean kind of sequesters himself away in a monastery. Um, and through a contrived series of events. Oh, the, the revolution fails and all the kid's friends die. He only lives because um, Jean Valjean saved him. I'm sorry, I just... <laughs> Oh, by the way. <laughs> by the way, this happened. A just... little young kid died. Yeah, that is that is actually tragic. The little kid who is kind of the mascot for the revolution does get shot, which is sad. Um, and it is, a, it is a very sad scene. I'm, I'm brushing over it because it doesn't have a ton of plot relevance, but it is a very, very sad it scene. Demonize the French like very hard at that point. Yeah. Well, it's... I, I, like I, I don't know enough about the history itself. I don't know if they would have killed a child back they would then. Have. They would. Have. Okay. Yeah. They, and they did during that revolution. I actually, I, I am fairly familiar with it. So, what the French government was like at that point was they had just had one revolution, which was brutal. The first French Revolution, they they killed so many people, including most of the revolutionaries. And so when the monarchy got power back, they were brutal in suppressing anything that even looked like a revolution after that. And it, a re another revolution did end up succeeding eventually anyway, but they were so desperate to stop it, they would have killed and shot anyone that was a symbol for a revolution. Um, so yeah, no, th that wasn't out of character at all. That wasn't for dramatic pause or anything like that is historically accurate they definitely would have done that um yeah so just, you know, wrapping up the movie uh they they get married but jean valjean has disappeared um they find him sequestered in a monastery dying essentially from living a life of stress and hardship and everything yeah. and at the very end as he's dying um you know, his daughter's crying over him, and that's when the husband reveals that he was the guy that saved him from, you know, dying during the revolution. And um, the daughter didn't know, because he swore the guy to secrecy. And, um, and there's just this this very, like, heart-wrenching moment at the end as, as Jean Valjean passes away, and the, the son and daughter... Uh, like you know weep over him and he is sort of like his soul goes off and meets with all the the people who died primarily um, the mother of the girl yep the the um, worker turned prostitute yep and then the priest who uh set him down this course to start with at the beginning of the film mm. 
Um, which I'm already glad they used that again because yeah, even that was even, the linchpin of his life. Even just like thinking back on that scene and picturing it in my head, like I can feel myself almost tearing up. Like I don't. It's rare that I have a, an emotional reaction to a story. Like I'm normally fairly stoic, but like every time I watch that scene at the end of the movie, having watched the whole movie, I I get tears in my eyes. Like, I get choked up, like, watching that. Because it's such a touching culmination of everything that's happened in the movie. Yeah, and that's where the film should have ended. Yeah, the, the fact that they have that whole, like, yeehaw moment where everyone's, Can you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men? And everyone's on the barricade like, and waving French flags and shit. dream sequence after that, because it doesn't happen. Yeah, that, that bit I think they could have left off. Um, I can see why yeah. they did it from a theatrical perspective, but oh. I think the movie would have been much better as he, you know, his soul wanders off to meet the priest. I think they did it purely because they, they wanted that, that easy, happy ending. Yeah. Like, I think, personally, I'm a massive fan of when a movie can properly do a sad ending. Yeah. I don't think it was necessary at the end. I don't think it meant anything because it didn't happen. Um, and they were just like, oh, here's all the characters. If they had actually won the war or the, the revolution. Yeah. And they're all standing on the barricade singing. But they didn't. They're all dead. <laughs> I love just, just the fucking Chad pragmatist walks in the room just like, no, you're dead. Just they had this beautiful freaking ending with the walking towards the priest and mm. then they screwed it. I agree. Uh, and he doesn't even have anything to do with the revolution. He doesn't give a flying fuck. I He's agree. only there because of the kid. Yeah, I agree 100% that that's how the movie... The movie should have ended before that scene. Um, maybe they were doing it to be loyal to the play. I don't know if the play has that in it. Or the book. Yeah. But, but I, I agree. I, I'm always... And I've said this before. I'm a huge fan of a tragic ending. I like a tragic end. I like a sad movie. Um... Like, not all the time. One that's done well, not one that's done shittily. Well, yeah, yeah. If it's just like, oh, by the way, everyone you ever knew and loved got hit by a bus, the end. That's not really a, a well-done story. But Yeah, like, we're definitely all... Well, my point is that we're not just like, oh, we want everything to go wrong at the end. No, we enjoy happy endings as much as we enjoy sad endings, but both of them have to be done properly. Yeah, that's what it comes down to, is like, I want... I want a well-written story. Whether the story ends bad or the story ends well, I want it written well. I want it to be enjoyable. I want it to engage me. Like this movie, I want to have an emotional reaction when something happens. Like, there are multiple points in that movie that I actually feel something, which is weird. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, but overall, though, Despite that note at the end, which I agree with you 100% on, um, the movie itself is just excellent. Like, yeah. Yeah, but no, like usual, much like with Stardust, I have to complain about the last scene, no matter what. <laughs> they need to just get fucking... Nothing about how tacky the costumes are? Oh my god. When they were at that last scene, it was so garish, it was so, <laughs> so 90s. Where did you buy your barricades? This would have been a peaceful forest glen and not in the city. 
<laughs> oh my god. And what? Oh, they should have had fucking Xavier there. Yeah, that's the other thing. Why didn't he show up at the end? Like, he, he kills himself at the end because well, he, he has... He like the barricade on his own. <laughs> and they, they just, like, he doesn't get any representation? Why didn't he show up at the end? Yeah. I guess because suicide is kind of... God, I've used the fucking word that's going to get us horribly cut down and everything. But um, I guess it's so frowned upon, especially at the time, and especially regarding religion that maybe he went to a different place that was less nice. Yeah, that that is true. This this was produced back in the... I want to say this this play was made in the 1800s, too. Um, Especially because he was like... He was obviously a man of God. Yeah. Because, like, there's several times throughout the movie where he's talking to God, he's like, the stars have told me this kind of thing. Yeah. Granted, that's not a religious thing, but it's kind of a... And if they fall, as Lucifer fell. Exactly. So, yeah, I guess he fell to Lucifer. In more ways than one. Yeah, and that that's kind of what I mean, is he was he was a moral absolutist. Like, he, he couldn't accept any sort of grey or ambiguity. Um, which, again, I, I find him a, a, like a tragic and sympathetic character, because if your entire worldview is, this is right, and this is wrong, no questions asked, and suddenly you realize that that's not true, that's, that, that is a deeply traumatizing event. But yeah. I mean, oh, so, final thought, overall, final thoughts, what, what do you think of, did, you know, it, like, what, what would you give the movie out of 10? Let's, let's do a scale for the first time. Uh, okay, so... What I'm going to do is I'm going to start at 10, and I'm going to count back for all the things that were off-putting. Alright? Nitpick your so, way down to 2? 9, because the ending mm -hmm. kind of threw me. Um, 8, because all the, the, the revolutionary character who became the husband, I really wasn't a fan of him at all. No, he, he annoyed the fuck out of me. Yeah. Um, I think he was very wishy-washy. Um... But other than that, I don't think there's any other complaints I really have with the story. So I think probably an 8 out of 10 for that film. We're actually... So before you gave your score, in my in my head I was like, what would I give this movie? 8 was what I actually settled on. Alright. Because I'm 100% I'm on board with you. Like, it was a... It had its flaws. But overall, the movie was just good. Like the like the the acting was good, the singing was good, the choreography was good, the visuals like it was just a great movie that had a couple things that annoyed the crap out of me. One In of them fact, was I would like to have seen more detail and watched like an extended cut. Really, just emphasizes that it was that good that I wanted to. It was like a three-hour film. Yeah. Oh god, it was, it was close to three hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, phenomenal film. Get yeah. Now two, four, three, six, one. I'm sorry. Just, I, God. Oh, I could. I could just spend this entire segment singing. Um. No, I'm. I'm. I'm right there with you. Like I would have. I uh, personally, I would have liked to see more of the early stages. Like more of what you were talking about from the book, of like how he wandered around France trying to find work and ended up getting fucked over at every chance, and the times he was an asshole. Um, I would have loved to see more of that and less of, you know, revolutionary bros. 
yeah. yeah. Overall, still great movie. Highly recommend. Um, it's definitely worth a watch, even if musicals aren't really your thing. Um, it's just a cool movie. Yeah. I've always considered musicals to not be my thing. I found musicals quite cringy, but then a lot of the musicals we watch, like Disney and this, are what I would call good musicals. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they are phenomenal. Yeah, let, let's see. I'm thinking, like, musicals... Oh, sorry. I'm going to do a brief tangent real quick before I close out the segment. Um, the girl I was dating uh, back in high school, her and a bunch of her friends liked the musical Rent. I fucking hated that movie. Like, I fucking yeah. hated it. The entire premise. Like, aside from the... the <laughs> it's it's basically about a, fuck, a bunch of fucking hippie bums who don't want to pay their rent because they have a disease, and so somehow that exempts them from a contract, and one of their friends goes off and, you know, becomes successful and actually makes a living wage, and they, they get mad at him because he's working and they've just like you should have stayed with us and been bums in this like like worn out theater and then he's trying to evict them because he now works for the company that owns the building that they're squatting in like there's probably a good way to to describe that movie i was like i remember watching it with them and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with the these people are the heroes like, these people are fucking bums! Get them out of here! I know when you realize that you are the villain. I, I'm fine <laughs> being the villain against people like that. Oh, yeah. No, I think that actually is a good point. Like, if you think you don't like musicals, it's not that you don't like musicals, it's that you don't like the plot that is put with a musical. Yeah, a lot of musicals have a very hippie kind of plot line, and if that really isn't your cup of tea, then it's not going to sit well with you, probably. And I should say that I like. I'm just like high school musical, and that just sounds like the worst trash I could ever hear. Yeah, oh, there's there's a bunch of them out there. Like I think I had a friend who really liked Glee, and I watched bits and pieces of it, and I'm like, nope. No. High school drama, the where it's it's not real emotion like you get in Disney films, or I'm, I'm using Disney films as a primary example because there's. They build up a lot of emotion, so when they're singing, it makes sense that why they're singing about what they are. It's yeah. not like, Brad broke up with Julia. I don't care. Brad's a jock and a bit of a dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, if Brad was like a, a fucking, I don't know, I don't know, oh, my mind went to like a transmorphic dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's time to review some more dino books. And Julia's requited love or something, then it makes sense that they're talking about these like, struggles that they're having, not just the fact that one doesn't like each other anymore. Well, th that's the I thing. The, the musicals that we like, um, like the, the ones that both of us like, the, there's, there's real emotional weight to them, and the story is well done. Like, Sweeney Todd was the first musical, non-Disney musical, I should say, that I really, yeah. really enjoyed and made me think, oh, maybe these are good. Because there's emotional weight to it. This guy, like, he has his whole life stolen from him. His wife is dead. His, you know, his daughter's gone. He got sent, you know, off to Australia or wherever to, like, do hard labor. Like, and so there's real emotional weight behind the hatred that he feels. And, like, it's not just, oh, 
I feel so oppressed. And and he, there's no real... He, he actually has real-life problems. Anyway. I, it, like, I feel like we could go on about that for quite a while. Yeah, I, I slowly realized we were starting another topic. Segment three, let's go! Yeah, yeah. Look forward to segment three. We have no idea what we're doing, but it should be okay. I'm not even going to set it up to be, be great. No, it's just going to be okay. That should be like capstone of this entire podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I think we that that should be our subtitle: the TMCJ yeah. podcast, epic mediocrity. We don't know what we're doing, but it might be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the actual description of the podcast, I say something about like if you want to hear um, a Britain and American like chat about random crap, then uh, this is your place to go. Uh, anyway, all right, let's let's end it there. Uh, this is going to be the end of segment two of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card. And this time around, because we were talking about musicals so much in the first segment, we decided let's do a quiz about Disney. We were bigging up Disney throughout the first segment while we were trash talking other musicals. So let's see how much we actually know about Disney movies. It's just going to be limited. <laughs> Blue has pulled up a Disney related quiz. Yeah. And um, I am, I, I will <laughs> I, caveat this. I, we talked about this previously when we watched Princess and the Frog, but I pretty much stopped watching Disney movies just before that time. Like, once they started moving over to almost all CGI, and one movie that you've been threatening us to watch for quite a while is uh, Moana. I've never seen that. Um, well, the thing is, me and Alicia did watch it, because that was a, oh, a yeah. thing. Just, just and no. then I was just like, oh, I didn't want to watch it third time. <laughs> as awesome as it is. Maybe if, uh, maybe maybe once we get into uh, you know a few more weeks into the podcast and you've you've kind of yeah. like let it fade in your memory, you'll feel like rewatching. I mean, exactly. uh, Lemmy's was sort of the same sort of situation. It's Alicia had seen it, I'd seen it, but you hadn't. Yeah. Um, anyway, quiz time. Alrighty. Uh, yep, thirty questions. So we're going to be firing through them pretty quickly. I will try and keep score this time. Um, which means I won't be able to see. Uh, yeah, no, I won't be able to see you, but you can see me. Hi. Um, cool. Right. Are you ready? I am ready. Question one. All right. It's starting off real fucking easy. I'm telling you. Which Disney film is is features? I copied it straight from the website. All right. Which Disney film is features the hit song "Let It Go"? Oh, Frozen. I've never seen yeah. it, but I know that one. It's definitely frozen. Yeah. Right. I know that because I have coworkers who are obsessed with the movie. Like coworkers who are like ten years older than me. I'm like, what the? F they don't. They don't even have kids. They just. They just won't like the movie. Like, what the fuck? If anyone at home didn't get that shame on you, it's it's one of those things that has become such a meme at this point that it'd be hard not to know it, even if you haven't seen yeah. the movie. Uh, okay. Right. Question two. Yeah, I'm ready. What is the name of the bear in the Jungle Book? Baloo. Yep. Okay, I was gonna say exactly. Yeah. Talking about those bear necessities or Mother Nature's recipes. Sorry, just, I'm in a singing mood this. I'm in such a good mood this morning. Well, we're talking about music. 
that's what you expect. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, just ever since I... You ever have, like, one of those days where you wake up and you're just happy from the moment your head pops off the pillow? Yeah. That's how I yeah. feel today. They're rare. <laughs> they're, they're, okay, they are but... rare, which is why I'm, I'm enjoying it. We should take turns with who speaks first, so I guess I'll speak first this time. Um, in which U.S. state is the Princess and the Frog set? This is a bad one for you to go first. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I know this one, but um, uh, it's the the Bayou area. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you I'll give you a hint if you want one. Um, hang on, there. I don't even know if the thing place I'm thinking about is in America. Um, it's. The thing is, it's the state, so I don't... Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see it say, like, Mississippi. You're actually right next door to it. Um, I'm fairly oh. certain it's Louisiana, which... Well, that that which does ring a bell, actually. Louisiana and Mississippi are right next to each other. You got it right, it's Louisiana. Alright, Kaiser's taking the lead. It's because of the, the Cajun thing. Like, Louisiana was French at one point, which is why you still have the uh, the Cajun dialect. I'm just glad Mississippi is in America. <laughs> it was really like I know nothing about American states. Honestly, uh, okay, I, right. I would be. Ch- I I live here, and I would be challenged to name all fifty. Um, you're you're up next. Uh, who voiced Maui in Moana? The Rock. Yeah, really fucking obvious. I mean, come on. Who else? Like now, like that guy yeah, looks. He looks identical to the. Rock. <laughs> Just big burly dude tattoos. Yep. Anyway, Good you're All right. Five. Who plays the genie in the 2019 live action adaptation of Aladdin? Will Smith. Oh fucking yeah. Fucking easy. So many fucking memes around that. Yep. Just a blue Will Smith. <laughs> Well, the fact that it came out roughly the same time as the um the YouTube rewind thing as well, I think. Oh yeah, the uh, uh, yeah. All right, Oof. it's rewind time. That was such a cringy yeah. video. Uh, uh, your question: mm-hmm. What color is Rapunzel's hair at the end of the film? Oh, I didn't know it changed. So I'm just gonna say. Wait, does it turn like brown or something? It, it was blonde at the beginning, so I'm gonna say brown just to guess. I'm not sure either. Um, I, it definitely didn't turn black. I'm pretty freaking sure of that, and I don't think it would have turned like freaking green or something because of the age that it was set in. Hmm. So I'm also gonna say brown. I think there's only so many hair colors. Brunette slash brown is the answer. Okay, we got it right, but by guessing. Yes, true. I mean, it's starting to get tougher. By the way, uh, Kaiser, I was six questions. You still got six right. Uh, it's me to start the next one. In by Toy the way, Story, uh, sorry, sorry. Before before you read, um, I do on. I do want to say, um, besides the Jungle Book question, every single question I've been asked about Disney in this quiz is a movie I haven't seen. The only movie I've seen so far that has been mentioned is Jungle Book. You've also seen The Princess and the Frog. Yes. Yeah, but that wasn't my question. It was yours. You've not seen Aladdin either. Not the live action. Oh, okay. I've seen the original. I loved the original. Mm. 
Prince Ali, as it is he, Ali Sorry, uh, I haven't seen Tangled, no. Oh. I must watch it here as well, one. Hmm. Yeah, no, a lot of the, the newer ones um, I haven't seen, like a lot of the CGI ones. Yeah. Anyway, okay, go on. My question In Toy Story, was it the name of a child they belong to? I it's know, Andy, right? It's Andy, yeah. Yeah. You're on six. No, you're on seven. I'm on six. And your question is next. Okay. Ooh. Nah, it's probably went three, but I don't know. What color dress does Cinderella wear to the ball? Um, it's sort of like a silvery blue, if I remember right. Yeah, I, I was thinking that as well, but I thought maybe I'm thinking of Frozen, where it's like that light bit blue. Um, it can, might be white. I can picture it in my head. It's sort of like this shiny, silvery, very light blue. It could almost just be pure silver. Okay. So, hang on, are you saying light blue, or are you saying silver? I'm, I'm saying like a very, very light blue, almost silver. Okay, I'm going to say light blue. Okay. Blue or white gets a point. Oh, okay, so we're both right. So we're both right, yeah. Again, another film I haven't seen, so... That one I've seen. Not not in quite a few years, but I've seen that movie. I see. I think I think uh, I actually... Yeah. The last time I watched that movie, it was on VHS, and I was like 10. Oof. How many dwarfs does Snow White live with? This is me. Bonus point if you can name them all. Oh, shit. The Seven Dwarfs, right? Um... Uh, it's it's just all the fucking emotions. It's well, I say emotions. It's not even that. What what people would have thought emotions were back in the fifties? <laughs> yeah, but like one of them's sleepy. Yep. Honestly, one of them dozy. You're close. I think one of them is. It's not dozy, but you're very close. One of them's angry. I think. Again, well, you're, it's you're not close. angry. It's not angry, but you're close. Um, jolly, probably. Do you want me to to name them? You're 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 actually naming the right emotions, but you're using the wrong word. Hang on, give me give me the, uh, let me do the last. Try and work out all the last three out again. Another film I haven't seen. I haven't seen many of the old. In fact, I just haven't seen many Disney films. Um. Uh. Uh. Cheeky? Probably not. I don't think that's one of them, but I can throw it in. There's definitely um, not a dwarf named Horny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being sarcastic. Go on. Um. Uh, I don't know. Well, it's gonna be like a depressed one, so he's gonna be like mopey. That's actually. I think that's actually one of them. And then the last one. What other emotions are there? Cannot compute. Um, I'm a man. I don't have this many emotions. Uh, Going back to our earlier conversation. No, I don't know what the last one would be. Uh, if um, I remember right, so the one you were thinking of as drowsy is dopey. So there's there's dopey. Yeah. There's happy. Yeah. There's grumpy. Yeah. Um. There's. The, the one you got first that I've already forgotten. Um, 
Yeah, I said dozy instead of dopey, didn't I? Yeah, you said dozy instead of dopey. They're sleepy. They're sleepy, yep. Yeah. I'm looking at me up now, by the way. Um, that's five of them so far. I'm actually struggling on the last two. Um, yeah. I'm going to need all of them for the bonus point. Yeah, I, I, I only got those those five. Um, okay, do you... Yeah, yeah, what are, what are the last two? What are the ones I'm missing? So, uh, actually, I think we, we missed some of them. So there's Grumpy, Happy, Grumpy, Sleepy. Grumpy, fuck, you said angry, and I thought of it when you said it, but I forgot. Yeah. God. But, but uh, that's not the ones that we got. So there's Grumpy, Happy, Sleepy, uh, Dopey. Mm -hmm. Then there's Sneezy. Sneezy? There's... I did not remember him at all. Yeah, I didn't remember any of these last three. So Sneezy, there's Bashful. Bashful. Oh, now that you say it, I remember it, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought of that one. And straight out of left field, Doc. <laughs> the one random medical person. Yeah, like, um, yeah, I guess. Like, so I think I think we both get a point for guessing the seven dwarves, but we did not get all of them even close to being right. Yeah, yeah. I thought okay. of I, even even the five I did. One of them was wrong, so I got I got four out of seven, and I think you got like two out of seven. Oh my god! Why are you getting the fucking easy fucking questions right? <laughs> Question ten: What type of creature is Disney sidekick Mushu? Oh, he's a he's a fucking dragon. Obviously. Oh my god, Mushu's awesome. Honestly, that is, that is why the live-action Mulan failed, is no Mushu. The live-action Mulan needed some Eddie Murphy in there to be a dragon. Uh, Alright, back to me. Question 11. What is the address Dory has to remember in Finding Nemo? He has to remember an address? I would have gotten this one wrong. I didn't know there was an address of what? I think he was going to find a dentist or some shit. Wait, no, Dory's a girl. I think. No, Dory's daughter, I think, was a girl. I thought Dory, Dory was the bluefish. I could have sworn she was yeah. like some Karen-ass character. Well, no, because Karen generally know what they're doing. <laughs> that's, that's a matter um, of opinion. Even if they, everyone else disagrees. Um... Ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. It's gonna be some kind of pun, I bet. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know, it's gonna be somewhere. I, I have no idea. Do you have an idea? Somewhere in Australia? I have no idea. I guess. I don't know, I really didn't like Finding Nemo. Neither did I. Like, people seemed obsessed with it, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I found it kind of depressing, really. I don't remember anything about it. I watched the movie. I just found it boring. Yeah. What's are you going to hazard a guess or are you just going to pass it? I'm just going to say, uh, I don't know, fucking 24 Melbourne, Australia. There. Done. Uh, 42. So, I mean. I got, oh my god, I can't believe I got it that close. Wallaby Way, Sydney. Okay, so I got it. I got the I got the country, and I got the number in reverse. Somehow, <laughs> you don't any points, right? I don't. I don't want any points. But still, the fact that I got that close is hilarious. I know. That was it, the first one. 
I knew yeah. it. I knew it was Australia. I said what twenty four instead of forty two. Hey, it's okay. podcast forty two. I shouldn't. You know, I should have used that number. <laughs> uh, your question. All right, I'm ready. In the Jungle Book, what type of animal is King Louis? Mm. He's a baboon. Really? I would have said a lion. Uh, no, uh, King Louis is... He's either a baboon or a chimpanzee. Um, he's either a baboon or a chimpanzee. He's the so, whole, okay. like, I want to walk like you, talk like you, too. Uh, I, I think it's a blue song, right? So I've I, not seen the film. I, I th- yeah, I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I He's some kind of, a, of like, a, an ape. I, I want to okay. say... I want to say chimpanzee, but he might be a baboon. I'm going to ask you to be specific for this. Alright, fine. Chimpanzee. I'm going to say chimpanzee. Okay, the answer is... Orangutan. Fuck! I was wrong on both counts. He, I, I knew he was an ape! You did get that right, but... A, I had already lost the points, so maybe I was being spiteful. But... <laughs> B, they do specify orangutan. They don't say an ape. Can I, ha- can I have half a point? Can, can I get a point five in there? Fine, you get a point one. <laughs> well, that's enough. If we tie, I win. Well, yeah, I'm already a point behind. That's fine. <laughs> uh, right, my question is, what is the name of the villain from The Little Mermaid? Um, that's easy. It's like, again, this is just outlining how many films I haven't seen. You were still... Okay. I want to say it's like... Ursula or something? Um, My next movie choice is going to be a Disney movie you haven't seen. Oh shit, it is Ursula! You knew it, yeah, (laughs) Ursula. Yeah. I can't believe I got that right, I had no idea. I still love, there's a hilarious moment um, in that movie, which, to put it in modern terms, Ursula brags to Ariel about how thick she is. Uh, Alright, the next question for you, which I think you're going to struggle with. Oh, wait, no, you're not. Um, In Zootropolis, what kind of animal is Judy Hopps? I have never seen this movie, but I'm assuming she's a rabbit. Why did you say that? Because her name is Judy Hopps. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) When I read the question at first, I was like, oh, I I, I, I don't know, I read his name or something, and I was like, oh, wait, Hopps. There's actually, the th- there's actually another reason why I know that, which I can't say on the podcast. Okay. Uh, I'll tell um, you after. Yeah, a, uh, a bunny. Hmm. Uh, wait, did I give us points for... Yeah, no, I think, I think it's fine. Right. Yeah, give so us both points for Ursula. Well, I'm on 11. Sorry, you're on 12.1. I'm on 11. Uh, moving on to question 15, which is going to be mine. Mm-hmm. What is the aim? The aim. What is the name of Elsa's sister in Frozen? That is. Fuck. I've in my ne- head. Question. Now, I've gone. I've uh, never seen that movie. It's your turn to go first, but yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. They say in the fucking song. Um, how have I forgotten this? I even know what she looks like. Oh my god. Do you know the answer? Don't say it out loud. Uh, no. I have my guess prepared, but I don't have the answer. Um. Oh. Oh my god, I'm so mad at myself. 
I know this. The fucking brown haired person with the freaking weird skirt dress thing. The hotter sister. Debatable. I prefer brunettes over blondes. Well, not really blonde, she's white. <laughs> In every sense of the word. <laughs> See, that's how much I I don't know about the movie. I I assumed she had brown hair. God, uh, well she's like ginger, isn't she? I don't know. I haven't seen the fucking movie. I don't know. Just answer something. Name some fucking Swedish the, the, the name. Thing is, though, I can't. I know whatever. If I random guess, it's not going to be the right answer. And I know that I do know the right answer. All right. Do you want me to give my guess answer first? Go for it, Agatha. Definitely not correct. Um, <laughs> it's like a really normal person name, um, like like Rachel or Catherine or something, but it's not that. Uh, oh, fuck it, I've run out of time. I think. Um, God, what was it? Fuck. What was it? Anna. It's Anna. It's really freaking obviously Anna. <laughs> I got the first letter right. No, no points, but bragging rights. No points for anyone, but fuck me, I should have had that. I, I had the right... I knew it was an A name. Yeah, but you, Agatha. <laughs> that name's pretty old, mate. You're showing your age. <laughs> it ah. is. Well, I, but it's like an old, like, story. So, princesses and shit like that. Um. Yeah. Um, All right. So next. Next question. It's me. Me first this time, right? It is. And I, if you get this right, right, I'll be surprised because I have no idea. Who wrote the hit song "You've Got a Friend in Me"? You got a friend, friend in me. Uh, fuck. I don't even know what movie that's from. I know the song. Isn't it there from is? Toy Story? It's from Toy Story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Woody Allen. Come on. Uh, you're saying Woody Allen? I will say I have literally no idea what I guess because I. Yeah. The answer is Randy Newman, whoever the hell that is. Who the fuck is Randy Newman? I have no idea. Clearly the question's getting harder. Uh, <laughs> let me say that as I look at this next question. I finally get an easy question. Maybe the last one was, I guess. What's the name of the princess in Aladdin? Oh, I got that. Yeah, that's easy. Uh, Wait, do you actually not know? I, I, I want to say Jessica, but it's not quite Jessica. You got the first letter right. <laughs> well, thanks for that clue. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm helping G you out here. Yeah. I've seen the magical carpet ride. Um, it's not Julia. It's not Jessica. It's Jasmine. There you go. Finally, got one of these women's names right. It's Jasmine. I was surprised that you were struggling with that one. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, I got my head set on one name and I just couldn't get off of it. Okay. Uh, right, you ready for your question? Yep. 
What is the name of Wendy's dog in Peter Pan? She had a dog? Apparently. Walter. I'm gonna guess Rufus? Well, I think Walter's a good guess. Uh, She's British, so... The answer was Nana. Nana? Nana, yeah. Alright, well, fuck it. Yeah, neither of us got that one. Mm, that feels... Mm, oof. What's, what's our score set at right now? We're still, like, at the same I'm place? At 13.1, I'm at 12. Okay, so we're still one point apart. Well, sorry, 1.1 apart. Yeah, my question is, which Disney princess sings Once Upon a Dream? <sighs> oh, I should know this one. I don't know this one. So, my guess... I know the song. Um, it's gonna be. I'm kind of. I think it's either Snow White or Cinderella. Because of the. <laughs> I'm sorry for everyone on the podcast for that. That sneeze came out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, was it Rapunzel? It's upon a dream. Also, I'm like literally facing away from the mic when I'm musing. Yeah, um, I know. I you you've been cutting out when you do that. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm thinking either Rapunzel, Cinderella, or Sleeping. No, I was thinking Sleeping Beauty. I'm gonna go with Sleeping Beauty. I'm gonna say that it's the chick from uh, the Frog, the Princess and the Frog. Princess and the Frog. Okay. Yeah. That you could be right actually. It's Sleeping Beauty. He's back in the game, boys. Oh God. Oh. Nice. Good news, you suck. I'm still ahead by point one. By point one, exactly. That's what it's going to come down to. Uh, Alright, we're on to question 20. It's getting heated. Oh, fuck. Alright, this is, this is me first, or is it you? It is you first, but I'm going to make my guess first, because you're going to get this straight away. Okay. Uh, what are the names of Hades' minions in Hercules? Actually, you might not get this straight away because I was thinking I was thinking it was the the pygmy goat dude. No, um, no, I've I've got it straight away. I I know the I, answer. I will guess. God, they're the fucking gargoyles, right? Essentially, yeah. Um. <laughs> my, my first thought went to stoner. <laughs> um, they're gonna be like. Jekyll, that kind of name. Um, it'll be like Jackal instead. I don't yeah. know. I, what, I've, 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 yeah. You have no idea? Okay, I'll tell you. Their names were Pain and Panic. Oh my god, you're right. Holy shit, what a fucking answer. It's one of those films that you've watched so many times. That's one of your faves. Yeah. Zero to Hero! What? Who is the fish... Fashion. Uh, this is my question, I think. Yeah. Who is the fashion designer in The Incredibles? Uh, I can picture her. She's like a little lady with giant spectacles, I think. And she's like, not kids! Or something. Uh... You, you know what? Well, let, look, look, since we're trading places, I've never seen The Incredibles, so I'm just going to answer. I think her name was Claire. That's a guess. I have no idea. 
I think it's gonna be more of an old person name. Um, Want to go with Agatha? Yeah, I was literally thinking Agatha. <laughs> I don't think it's the right answer, but I think it's gonna be closer than Claire. I have no idea what she even looks like, so I'm just saying Claire because I like that I name. I still think I was very young and I didn't really like it. Um. Alright, that's my answer. Oh, it was an old person name. Is it? it was Ed... God? What, no, sorry, I was going to say, is it, um... Oh, God. Um, I, I completely lost what I was going to say. It started with an E. Um... No. Agatha. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no, what was it? Edna Mode. Oh, yeah, that wasn't what I was thinking. Edna. Mm. Alright. I've never seen the movie. So, no points there. Next question. You get the fucking... Wait, is it you or me? It's it's me. Uh, yeah, we we okay. kind of traded places in the last two, but it is me. Oh, question 22. What type of animal is Dumbo? It's a fucking elephant. Obviously. All right. Literally said here, fucking elephant. <laughs> okay. One point each. Let's move on. Right. Oh, I'm going to correct these before each question. Okay, question 23, back to me, for, uh, Emperor Cusco turns into what animal in the Emperor's New Groove? He turns it into, it's either an alpaca or a llama. I know this um, one. I'm gonna say an alpaca. I think it's a llama. Fuck, it's a llama. Can I have a half point for that? Let, let's, let's tie it up. You get point one, two. Okay. Point one two. No, no. Point, Hell yeah. Point no, one. No, no, no. no, no. Point one, Fuck off. Point one as well. <laughs> you jackass. So I'm at what, like fifteen point one, and you're at fourteen point one, or something like that. Yeah. No way. You got the question right, didn't you? So you get sixteen point one. Yeah. Oh man. If you're following along at home, uh, please tell me if I'm cheating. So I saw the only time I've seen that is I was at um, Crazy Kate's house. Watched it. Yeah, I, I've I saw it years ago in college, but God, it's been quite quite a long time. I need to oh, rewatch that one honestly because it, it's it's a good movie, and it's one of the few Disney films that I really enjoyed that I haven't rewatched. Another super fucking easy question for you. Well, it's your your turn to answer first. Oh, is it? Yep. No, it's not, because you answered Dumbo, and I answered Emperor's New Groove. Oh, no. yeah, I completely... Yeah, the Dumbo question was so fast, I completely forgot. Alright, what is it? Uh, what Disney film features the catchphrase, Fish are friends, not food? Uh... That's an easy question? Um, yeah. Finding Nemo? Final answer? Yeah. What is it? Of course it fucking is. It's oh, it is? Nemo. Oh, it is! Okay, I was thinking The Little Mermaid at first, but I was like, I, don't, I can't remember that, that line in the movie, and I was like, no, it has to be something more recent, and so I... I was trying to throw you off by, by making by the, it sound like you're an idiot. By the final answer yeah. one? Yeah, no, that's the, uh, the old... Slight tangent. You know the whole, um idea of you have three doors one of them has a prize two has nothing and um 
if the you you choose one and then the the person presenting says oh i took this one away this one is nothing like do you change your answer or not and mathematically you always change your answer because you know you've you've got a statistical statistically you are much more likely to be wrong or sorry not statistically prob based on probability anyway sorry weird tangent go on okay right the next question let me what is Flynn Rider's real name entangled uh, so this is my question yep uh I think the horse was called Sebastian. Um, he was the prince, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know. Alexandra. Dro. I haven't got a fucking clue. I'll, I'll agree okay. with you. Eugene Fitzherbert. The fuck? Yeah, no, I wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah, no. Okay, Obviously. right. Question 26. It's yours. Uh, how many muses are there in Hercules? Okay, don't answer this. I, I, know the, I, I do know the answer right off the bat. It's between four and six, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> There's only one number between four and six. <laughs> as in it could be four, five, oh, or six. Okay, okay. I was uh, going to say... It's... <laughs> Criteria. There's only one thing in the middle. Four. Now I'm thinking it might be three, but I'm gonna go with four. I'm saying five. Fuck. It's my favorite number. Of course I remember this. God damn it. Alright, you're on eighteen point one. Nice. Where where are you right, right now? Fifteen point one. Ah, I'm I'm pulling oh. ahead. Oh, oh one Alyssa would definitely know, but I'm never going to know because I've watched it and I don't know people's names. Um, who played the original Mary Poppins, Kaiser? I have no idea. I don't know actors' names. I don't know in character people's yeah, I names. Don't, I don't remember the name of actors or actresses. Like, they're... You're you're there to play pretend. I just I see you as the character. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna say Martin Sheen. What? That's not even a woman. I I'm gonna I'm gonna guess a random British woman's name. I'm gonna say she was um, Isabel Stewart. That's a very British name. That that's that's I'm banking on that being so she's being really British. The answer was Julie Andrews. Oh, well, yeah, I was completely off. Um, but you gotta you gotta admit, Isabel Stewart is a very British woman's name. Yes, it is. Um so it's me next, right? No, it's me. No, yes, you're right, it is. Yeah. Because we we're off Mary Poppins now. Yeah. So, um, okay, question 28. I don't think I can win at this point, even if I get them both right. No, wait, 28, 29, 30. I could technically... Yeah, you, you could win if I fuck up and you get all of these right. I can draw with you. I can't win. Um, 
Joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness, I feel toward- no, I'm kidding, are all characters in which Disney film? Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, I have no idea. Um, I'm just going to say Hercules because of Greek mythology, but yeah, I have no idea, so. Okay, right. But is that your final answer? Yeah, it's my final answer. I'm not going to change it. Right, the fucking film is that depressing fucking one about emotions. Oh. Where... It's like the fuzzy characters. That's stupid fuck. I know the movie you're talking about. You're right. It's called Inside Out? Yeah, yeah. But I could be thinking of like a song, because that sounds like a Jack Johnson song. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. Alright, I'm going to go Inside Out as my answer. Oh my god, it's called Inside Out. I... Kaiser didn't... That movie was so shitty, I didn't even remember it was a Disney movie. It really depressed me when I saw it. So fucking idiotic. Alright, go on. They left the guy behind in like a hell pit at some point, and I was like, god damn, this is so depressing. I can't... Yeah, no, I would I would not have gotten that one. Alright, next. Yeah, okay. Question 29. Uh, it's me. Who said, the past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it? Oh my god, I know that line. Oh, I know that line. Shit. Um... Uh, okay. It kind of feels like an landing quote. I was thinking the exact same thing. But I didn't remember ever hearing it in Aladdin. Sorry, I'm telling you if I'm back again. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, run from it or learn from it. Is it is it my answer first or yours? It's mine. Alright, you go first, but... We both had the same thought that it came from Aladdin. Yeah, um... This is gonna sound weird, because I've never seen the film, but I feel like I'm gonna go with Bambi. I'm gonna say it was actually Aladdin. From Aladdin. If it's Aladdin, I'm gonna be pissed. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. I just realized it's asking for the character, not the film. Well, but you said Bambi. Bambi is a character in Bambi. That is true. Do you want to specify someone from Aladdin or not? No, I'm, I'm specifying Aladdin, the main character. Okay. We're both talking about uh, the main no, character no. of films. Who was it? The answer is Rafiki. From the Lion King. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that line now! Yeah. Oh, when he's talking to Simba. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, we fought that one up. Ah, shit. But yeah, no, I, I remember that line. Oh, that's a good scene, too. Right, alright, the final question, it goes to you, I believe. Okay. What is the name of the villainous fashionista from 101 Dalmatians? <laughs> Cruella de Vil. Cruella yep. de Vil. Oh, okay, God. you end this, uh, this Disney quiz on 19.1 answers correct. I, answer, I finish on 17.1.
have a possible 31. We we both finished above 50%. We did. Just. <laughs> um, God damn. I'm going to get hassled by Alicia on a lot of these. <laughs> I mean... A lot of the, the the Rafiki one is the one that like is bothering me the most. Like I should have known that. Should have known the fucking Anna one, honestly. I mean, okay, no, I shouldn't have known it because I've never seen the film. But I knew the answer. It's one of those. Frozen was such like I, I don't know why it got so popular. But well, maybe because I've never seen it, I don't know why it got so popular. But it's one of those things that's got so far into the cultural zeitgeist that. It There's should. a lot of sparkly, pretty things, and also the music was pretty good for it. Yeah. Like, I never hear anyone talking about the story, particularly. Yeah. I Like, I know a lot of the characters, but I, I basically know nothing that happened in the movie, which pretty much matches that. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there are things that were shiny and people liked them, but nothing that actually stuck in people's heads. Yeah, I mean, like the the animation, I assume, was very like beautiful. I mean, that they're, they're playing with like world class animators making ice sculptures. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty. Um, but yeah, holy shit! Well done, Kaiser. Thank you. You win uh, Disney film off. It's uh, if it if it was purely an old Disney movie, like film off, I would rock. They had the new ones in there. The majority of them were old films. Yeah, which is probably why I came out on top. If they were more like it was more focused on the newer ones, I think you probably would have beat me. God, what the fuck? Then what type of animal is Dumbo? <laughs> there, yeah, there were those just odd. Like, um, oh my god, there's there's a there's a video I got to tell you about after this. Anyway, um, any final thoughts before we close out the podcast? Nope. Nope. Um, oh, um, it probably won't be this week because it's Alicia's turn to choose what movie is next. But I hear that Alicia has not seen, and I don't know if you've heard or not, well, seen or not, um, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah, I love that series. I fucking love Especially it. Especially the uh, original. The original is awesome. The first, up till the end of Davy Jones, mm. was fucking masterpiece. Yeah. After that, it was kind of... It was bleh. like, hey, this, this is making us a lot of cash. Let's keep going. Yeah. Uh, and they had really good like themes for it. This is not the time to talk about this. Um, yeah, that's my... Uh, what I'm probably going to do for movie week next. Nice. Alright, but Alicia's first. Yeah. So look forward to that in two podcasts from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alright. Well... This is going to be the end of episode 42 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you will tune in again for episode 43. Oh, have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>